Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and decide which is sadder, the authors for being so subsumed in American popular culture that even their creative endeavors are a reflection of the TV they like, or ourselves for reading it 20 years after it lost whatever cultural relevance it ever had. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Serena. So tell me, was that more Daria or was that more soothing NPR voice? I couldn't figure out what you were doing. <laughs> I was oh like, do you gosh. always start it with this, like, with this downbeat kind of tone? No. No, no. Not at all. We love fan fiction. Yeah. But I feel like this TV show Daria would have been very harsh to it, in fact. Mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Daria has the ability to embrace certain, like, uh, like nerdy things right like i suppose mm. like 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 what in particular i don't know like being good at school and sure do they really embrace being good at school i don't know well because the daria is yeah it's yeah. very pro like they're not being good at school or being made like, fun of for being good at school you like they're Daria's not made fun of, of being unpopular. smart yeah. But I feel like school is presented as not worthy of their attention, That's really. That's true. Basically, yeah. I guess my main point is Daria is supposed to be kind of nerdy. Right. Like, yeah. She's kind of a social outsider, and she prides herself on knowing a bunch of school-like information and writing well and being kind of a creative geek. Mm-hmm. Very relatable, by the way. <laughs> so we've changed the schedule a little bit. We are not doing the Jewel of Brandy Hall this week. Instead, we're going back to Daria, which we intended to do like a month ago, but people got sick and we weren't able to. And that's okay. We'll get back to Jewel of Brandy Hall again. You'll just never know what's coming. It will be a wild ride of fanfic choices. I think we should be honest and say that in the absence of Dom, I think we've realized that that Dom was really the rock all along. And we're just kind of floating in space without (laughs) Dom to tether us. We're patting ourselves on the back just for being able to set up the equipment. Yes, I am. Yes, and by we, I mean Tori. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, Serena. Yes. I have you on here for a Daria episode. Yes. Because Daria was kind of a big deal to you back in the day, right? Yes. Can you tell us about your experience with Daria? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, I was really into Daria when I was in high school, and... High school is a very awkward time for me, as I'm sure it was for many, but it was extra awkward for me. Only just now have I realized why, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I realized now that I have autism, and that is a big thing. And so, like, I was terribly socially inept in high school, and so, like, seeing Daria, who's, like, very socially ept, (laughs) that's not the opposite. Very social, like, she's so comfortable, like, interacting with people, and, like, she always has something with you to say, mm-hmm. and, like, she's, like, she just kind of weaves, like, seamlessly into, like, the social fabric of, like, high school life, even though she's also, like, very a part of it, apart from it, that, like, I don't know, I very, I very much, like, idolized her for, like, just how she was able to just so, like, calmly and, like, smoothly move through the world. Be so sure of herself and, like, her place in it. Yeah, and have such a clear perspective on everything going yes. on around her, it seems like. Yes. 
Yeah, you know, that's, I just had the opportunity to watch, like, all of Daria because I never saw it when I was young. Whoa, but... whoa, did you just watch all of Daria? Yeah. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. In preparation uh, for this? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I started watching the episode that the fan first fanfic we read was based on, uh-huh. and I just kept watching it because it was really engaging for me, and uh-huh. so I just ended up watching through it on Watch Cartoon Online. Um, and <laughs> it's interesting because, like, yeah, it, it was one of those things that I always, like, was like, I should watch that. That sounds like something that's, like, relatable to me. I didn't realize it occurred in the early 2000s, actually. It's, mm-hmm. like, relatively close to when I did go to high school. I thought it was more the 90s. But my main point is, like, yeah, like, it's, like, 1999. My main point is, like, Daria is a character is, like, everything you kind of, like, that I thought in my head in high school but, like, never say aloud. <laughs> and that kind of, like, snarky thing where you're, like... Yeah, okay, like, it's kind of like the snarky high school you're schooler that, like, you kind of wish you were, and maybe you were some of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, looking at her character now, the show does a great job pointing out that she's actually really insecure, so that makes her even more relatable, but mm-hmm. it's really funny. But she doesn't seem like it, though. No. It's only, like, you know, those little moments that, like, her humanity comes through, but, yeah. like, out in public, she's got this, like, amazing, like, presentation, right? I think that's why Through a Lens Darkly is a memorable episode, because they don't usually have an episode focus on Daria grappling with her, like, presented image. Mm-hmm. Usually, she's fine with her presented image mm-hmm. being that she's smarter than you and does not <laughs> necessarily respect your life choices. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I saw, like, one episode of Daria on TV back in the day, and it was that one where it's a class trip and they're trapped up on the mountain. We rewatched a couple of yes, episodes. Yes, that's that a was really one weird one to have fallen into because, like, all the characters are in there and there's, yeah. like, all these weird relationships going on. and like I remember that being my reactions. I watched and I was like, there's a lot going on in this. This show seems too complicated, and, like, I didn't watch another episode. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But that is one of the fortes of the series that just like there's a lot of relationships and there's a lot of interesting people yeah. in it. Is that the one with the character who was like a fake rugged wilderness lady? Uh, is that the one I'm thinking of? No, I it's only know. the school people who are along. Oh, okay. It's a school I'm trying to remember. Trip. But but the principal is trying to like present them as, I don't know, being rugged wildernessy school for some prize or something. I, I forget, some award. Mm. Um Anyway, I basically had no Daria experience, but after watching, going back, watching a few episodes just for this, like, it's, yeah, pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I can see why it attracted so many people, because it's, like, really acidic about a lot of things that I think a lot of us growing up also did not like. A lot of school-related things and peer-related mm-hmm. things. Social things. Yeah. Yeah. Even, it- even family stuff. Mm-hmm. Is an MTV show, and it's such an MTV show, like, mm-hmm. in so many ways, where it's just, like, the parents are oblivious, the teen is, like, angst-ridden and outcast, but has the most, like, sharp, witty social commentary, but then it also, in many ways, has so many, like, moments of, I don't know, I want to say, like, just, like, emotional depth. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes very simple and very real and very, like, about family or caring or friendship, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a fun show. Mm-hmm. Serena, didn't you mention also really wanting a Jane as a friend yes. watching the show? Yes. I've had, like, times in my life where I had, like, a really good friend like that. And it's just, like, it's so great. I felt like <laughs> I um, I was Daria in high school, but I'm Jane now or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> 
Also, I should point out they both have amazing boots, and even now I still want a really good pair of combat boots. I've never fulfilled that Someday. starting fantasy. Oh, <laughs> I did many years ago. Like as, as soon as I could start wearing docks, I was wearing docks. But that's you know, that's probably the most relatable part of the show is Daria's boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very real, Daria's boots. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now, this particular fanfic is the Driven Wild Universe by Kara Wild. Is that the pen name? Um, and it, when I was looking for Daria fanfics, it's one of the like more well-regarded series. It was written, I think, after season two, and very much as a pastiche of Daria, like emulating the style. And it's all written in script form to be like an episode. Um, down to, you know, shot framing and all that. And it seems like the author was um, directly inspired by another Daria fanfic by, what, C.E. Foreman, I think, uh, who did something similar of, like, writing new Daria episodes. And the Mm. author was driven to try it, I I guess, herself. Um, And we only had time, well, we only had the commitment to read the first couple of the episodes in this series. Um, I think there's 22 total. Yeah, it's like a whole season, really. Yeah. Later on, it diverges from the Daria canon, but at the time of these first couple episodes, the author was not specifically trying to make it incompatible with the episodes that were happening. Like, they were intended to be kind of able to fit in if you were following along with the show at the time. It's interesting, just glancing at the Daria fandom, that they got really active in fan fiction pretty quickly, it seems like. After, like, you know, a season or two, it was kind of in full gear. And I guess that speaks to, like, people wanting to write about the characters. Makes sense. Now, because of our delays, we... I don't remember a lot of... I remember the main gist of the episodes, but we might not go into as much detail as we normally do. Mm -hmm. Uh, First off, anything we want to say about the format? Like, the writing format? Did it work for you two? I feel like it took a while to get into it because it was, like you said, like script form. Like there's a lot of like setup of like the scenes of like angles and like, you know, what you saw and like whole, you know, like paragraphs or two. Like it just mm-hmm. felt like very clunky at first. And like I almost gave up in the beginning because just like it couldn't get into it. I feel like after a while I got used to it and I feel like the author realized it maybe from comments or something. And for the second one in the series that we read she she specifically assuming it's that she specifically mentioned that she took out more of like the angle shots and like the details so it was a little bit more readable she actually also says that for the first episode oh. that this is the revised version okay wow well. and she says i've weeded out most of the annoying camera angles allowing for easier reading okay so well it, it must, must be have been worse than it was right I still found it like I feel I still feel like the second one was even smoother than the first. And maybe it was just getting used to it, I don't know, but it did take a little while to get to get into it and to get into the story for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that same thing, Serena. Um I think though, like like exactly the same. Like as soon as you kind of get into it though, it starts to flow. Mm-hmm. But initially it's like there's a lot of parentheses where it's character name colon and then in parentheses smirking Mm -hmm. and then some text that's like a lot of it will be surrounded by asterisks to emphasize Mm -hmm. what this is a perfect example it's like sandy colon in parentheses smirking asterisk 
and asterisk. They make you look like a big asterisk geek asterisk. Well, that's so you get the idea of what's being said, right? And they make you look like a big geek, but it's so much extra stuff mm-hmm. that's not words. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. But on the really, like, once I got into it, it was fine because I understood what they were doing. The mm-hmm. only thing that bothered me was the fact they kept saying beat. Oh, oh well, That drove me yes. crazy. But that's, I, I see why, though, because a lot of... You know, Dari is a lot about the dialogue, and that dialogue involves timing. It's true. And conveying that timing is tricky. What was confusing, though, is I feel like it was like a postscript, maybe even in the second one or something, that was describing that beat was shortened to BT. But they didn't describe it at the beginning of the first one. And so, like, I was like, what is BT? I I feel like I even had to ask you, Amato, like, what is this? And you were like, oh, beat or something. I said it has to be beat. Even I didn't know that except by implication. Right, and then I was like, oh, then it made sense. But because I'd never... (laughs) <laughs> seen that shortened before it was confusing to me at first but but yeah once you got past all of those like setup things then I feel like it, the story did flow really well and like the writing was like pretty good and you really got like immersed in the story after that I think the dialogue the quality of the dialogue and how accurate it is to the characters kind of makes up for some of that clunkiness and like Amato you have a point it's hard to convey a beat it's hard to convey a lot of this stuff so they did it in the, uh, probably the most efficient way even if it seems a little bit odd I think for for script format fanfics like this, it's really important that the characters have very strong voices in your head. Like, that was one of the strengths of the Muppet Show tribute to anime that we read before. It was also in script format. That, like, when Gonzo said something, if you read it in Gonzo's voice, it's hilarious. And I started trying to read this before we had rewatched a bunch of Daria, and, like, I couldn't get into it at all. But going back to any of these dialogue things after watching, you know, four or five episodes of Daria... Then, then it works a whole lot better because, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to read it in my head as, like, Quinn and the Fashion Club members. And I know how Sandy talks and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the fact that you can read all of the lines in the character voices and it works, I mean, that's another way of saying that they're pretty much in character, right? And, yeah. and fairly well written for their dialogue. Yeah, actually, I had the fortuitous option of, like, I read this first, and then because we had such a delay, I'd managed to watch the entire series of Daria <laughs> before I ended up rereading it for this thing. And the second time through, the voices were so clear to me. I was like, oh, my God, this makes sense. This flows. They did great with the voices. Mm-hmm. The only other thing about the formatting is the commercials, which oh, I kind of yeah. want to comment on while we are talking uh, about yes. this. It's really odd. There's commercial breaks, and the author makes up commercials, but the commercials are these vicious, exaggerated parodies of commercials. But because because we because there is six sad world six sad world commercials, and there's are you, are you familiar with this? Like sometimes Wait, there'd I, be like a random six sad world yeah. commercial on in the background of a Daria scene, like just like at the end of a scene or beginning of a scene, whatever. Right. Did well, you, it's like it's like showing what's coming up next on Six Sad World, right? And it's always just some yes. bizarre like. You're right, they don't it's, actually do yeah, commercials. Yeah, it's always, it's always Six Sad World, it's not commercials. But I feel like You're it right. was in that same vein. Yeah. But it is a little weird because it's different. But also the funny part is the author offers, like, they fancy themselves to be Daria-esque commentary, which is actually kind of funny a lot of the time. But it's also very, I don't know, it kind of breaks you from the script a little bit because mm-hmm. the author's like, I think this. And you're like, what? Who's you? Where'd you come from? Wait, so are you saying the author was thinking was saying that as Daria? 
No, no, this, this I'm sorry. I'm saying in in her in, oh. in the in Dario's type of snarky voice. Oh, but she was but the author saying I as, I as in the author. author. Yeah, it's right. true. Yeah. It does kind of take you out of it. And also, like it's clearly something that the author just wants to like play around with. Yeah. And like the first couple of times is kind of maybe a little bit like you know interesting ish. But then like but then I feel like they ran out of like, good ideas. But they still like felt compelled to do these like commercial breaks here and there. And like the ones I feel like some of them are really like flat and like. I skipped them after the first one. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't necessary, but just something the other was playing around with, I guess. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's it's nice seeing that playfulness. Yeah. I'm also a little bit surprised that Daria didn't do something like Daria and Jane silhouettes watching commercials and commenting on them like Beavis oh, and Butthead watched yeah. music videos. Like, it seems like that's very much something they could have done <laughs> as a weird little aside. Yeah. Totally, and that might have worked better. What I, I did like about the commercials was, like, a lot of the actual content of the commercials was really funny and satirical, but then the author, I think what broke it is the author offering commentary. Like, yeah, I wish I could think, I wish I could find a specific example, but then the author, author offers commentary. It feels like it's unnecessary because it's already a satirical commercial. It's like, Hey, in case you didn't get it, the joke is this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I see what you mean. So, The first story here, I think they're called episodes in this context, is called Rose-Colored Lenses. And it's coming really, really out of Through a Lens Darkly, which is one of the episodes we Mm rewatched. And anyone want to describe Through a Lens Darkly like someone who just rewatched the entire series? I'm sorry, watched for the first time the entire series. Do you remember that one? Oh, Through through a Lens Darkly. Yeah, I mean, basically. Just basically. You go on. Well... Daria, I forget, does she need contact lenses? No, she's kind of offered uh, the... Is that right? No, she um, she has trouble seeing out of peri- her peripheral vision oh, right. while she's driving. driving. She almost hits a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that part, I hated that part of the episode because she's like, they, was, they were just like so cavalier about potentially killing a dog. I was like, taking it too far, Daria. <laughs> but she, she doesn't hurt the dog. But her mom's like, you know, I know you hate the idea of contacts because... Far be it from you to like. Okay, can I just say it's weird how big a deal her having glasses is? Like, apparently, if she didn't have glasses, she'd be attractive and beautiful. But because oh. she has glasses, she's a freak. It's I'm like, everybody has glasses. Every, like, what? But that's every those like romantic trope, like you know. Yeah, movies where you just take off the glasses and take down your hair and like high school like, movie yeah. logic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, her mom's like, you should get contacts for driving because otherwise you're going to kill a dog, basically. And then she gets contacts and, yeah, goes through this whole journey of when she wears the contacts, she's treated as, like, less of a weird outsider because clearly glasses are super weird, I guess, um, or more conventionally attractive or whatever. And then the interesting part of the episode is her kind of liking that but feeling bad about having any kind of, like, vanity whatsoever when she positions herself as being so, like, outside of the mainstream, like, culture and not needing to care what anyone thinks of her. Mm-hmm. And it's a good episode because it wouldn't be such a big deal if it wasn't so important to her. Mm-hmm. Like, if she really didn't care about her looks, she would not care whether she wore contacts or glasses. Mm-hmm. But they really emphasize the point that Jane does, too, because Jane's a good friend. Is like, you're attached to your glasses because they make you an outsider. Mm-hmm. And it's a good one about appearances. So the author does a mimicry of this mm-hmm. storyline. Yeah. Quinn, 
in this fanfic. You want to take it, Serena? I don't remember the details, but it is essentially reverse where Quinn needs glasses mm-hmm. suddenly, but she doesn't want them because she doesn't want to be the geeky outsider and ostracized from her fan from her fashion club. Right. But like, I forget what the premise is of why she needs the glasses. She needs glasses because it just turns out her eyesight is hilariously bad. It's like supposed, they threw out like, oh, 60-10 or whatever. Oh, that's right. She couldn't <laughs> see in school or something. And she's yeah. like hiding There's... it. She's actually, she couldn't see or something. I and feel that's... like there was a specific trigger for it, but I don't remember what it was. But that's basically it, is that, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's actually interesting that that happens to a lot of kids, usually more like in elementary school, mm-hmm. where it turns out yeah. they can't see the board. And well, like someone happened, actually, notices. Actually, that happened to me in high school where yeah. like I got, I didn't get glasses till high school. Really? Because I, that was when I started not being able to see the board so well. Because, like, in elementary school, you're not looking at the board so much. Like, it's like when you get to the higher grades that it more. I don't know. My eyes maybe change, too. So maybe just, like, it's like that. Yeah. Her eyes just change. Quinn's eyes just change. It so. probably also depends on the person when they feel, like, they actually notice it, you know, like, what's actually going on and admit that there might be an issue. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us will just expect ourselves to... For me, I probably would have just expected... I don't use glasses, but I can see myself just being like, nothing's wrong, I'm fine, I'm perfect, everything's good for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And Quinn definitely has that going on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And contacts are not an option for her because her eyesight is just so incredibly comedically bad. She has an astigmatism, apparently. Is that right? Yeah, with an astigmatism, contacts are often not an option. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I've heard this before from folks. So, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but... (laughs) <laughs> and so you get you get a lot of the same dynamics like in Through a Lens Darkly Helen kind of intervenes to try to bribe Daria into trying out the contacts and in this fanfic Helen like bribes Quinn to wear her glasses right once she gets them but then she just takes the money and doesn't which is very <laughs> in character oh yeah but but I guess like my main complaint with this fanfic is like there wasn't really anything interesting happening, right? Because the point of a fanfic is to explore something that hasn't been explored or, you know, explore some relationships or go down some new path for something. But, like, it was really just the reversal of Through Lens Darkly with no particular insights, right? Well, yes and no. Because, I, I mean, I know just from reading about this fanfic series that Quinn is going to be an ongoing central character and this plot thread is going to continue in this yes, series. Yes, that's what I was surprised about, actually, reading the second one, that, like, the glasses thing was still a thing yeah. in the second one. And I think they introduce the main point here, which is that it gets raised, I think, probably by Helen in conversation, that, like, Quinn's lack of academic smarts is more about her lifestyle choices than about mm. her being unintelligent. And, it's, and that she sure. could, in fact, be, like you know, just as successful academically in school as Daria is if she, you know, cared to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that happens later on is that she kind of tests the waters of smart being part of her self-identity. Yeah. And the glasses are kind of like a medium that, not a medium, like a a thing that kind of kicks off that journey. Hmm. I feel like they're almost getting to something here like because Quinn is a character who's always almost getting to something like she's a popular girl and she dumps herself down for boys and blah, blah, blah. And there's so much misogyny in acting in her life. And even Daria is not very good at analyzing misogyny as a character. No, none of the characters are particularly good. Jane has her moments where she's just like, I will 
rip this to shreds. But she's such a side character. I feel like a lot of that, there's a lot of more analysis that could happen in Daria. And Quinn's character especially is often like, she's mean to Daria a lot of the time. She literally never acknowledges she's her sister. But she's still treated (laughs) as a sympathetic character. So you have the seed of the fact that she could be, you know, a girly girl who's also a good person. Is that actually possible? I guess not in the Daria world. It's like almost there, right? Where you're supposed to feel empathy for her, but she never actually does anything that good. And she never breaks out of her role. But you're always kind of hoping that she will. It's very interesting. Right. She's, mm-hmm. I guess because she's conscious enough of her role that you feel like she could you know, yeah. take that next step out of that perspective. Because you just don't want to see that story where, like, the only positive female characters are one archetype, regardless of what that archetype is. You know, it's like it's either some stories, the only girls, good girls are the girly girls, and some of the only ones are the ones who reject the traditional femininity tropes or being popular. It's like you want to see all women be empowered. Daria gets so close, like, the show gets so close to doing that. Mm-hmm. And so does this fan fiction, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good perspective. Yeah, so at the end of this fanfic, after, you know, a heartfelt talk with Daria and I think maybe Jane and Quinn seeming to play with the idea of just, like, leaving behind what her friends think of her and doing, or, you know, maybe friends maybe in quotes there, but, you know, what her fashion club thinks of her and, like, kind of forging her own identity, and then she doesn't. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. which, which seems kind of true to at least the Daria source material, and, you know, Daria yep. has to has a little speech where she's like, well, we were probably asking too much of her for that <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically the frustration I was expressing. Yeah. Like, yeah, there you go. And that's, <laughs> how the, that's how the fanfic ends as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anything... Quinn is still really likable throughout it. Quinn, I feel like, is more likable than you think she would be as a matter of course. But maybe it's like like Tori was saying, because she's self-aware yeah. of what she's mm. doing. Like, she's not just, like, blindly following. She's, like, purposefully following. Right, You know, yes. purposefully, like, knows her place and how she should act. Yeah. And, like, so there's a lot more, like, going on internally than she appears to be. I think that's a good point, yeah. That, that's got to be part of the appeal of her character. Things like, I mean, thinking about that that mountain climbing episode and just, like, the total awareness of when she's in with the in-group and when she's ostracized from the in-group mm-hmm. and what she needs to try to do to get back in mm-hmm. with the in-group. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. like, she's constantly, like, engaged, mm-hmm. not, like, passively absorbed right. by right. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you kind of just want her character to be more like uh, Reese Witherspoon's character in Legally Blonde, you know, where you're, like the superficiality in the fashion sense but also a good person but unfortunately Quinn does not have a lot of the traits of a good person so it's very hard to like her you really kind of want to have empathy for her but this fan fiction is pretty true to her character uh-huh. and true to all the characters so there's really not a lot to say it's like these characters don't change a lot in the in Daria and they don't change a lot in this fan fiction so it's really hard to say anything about them I guess well I think the next episode of this fan fiction is more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's called the it, on, on like those kind of character development fronts. It's called the tie that chokes. And I want to back up to Simone because I remember when you were talking about the characters, Tori, you mentioned the parents being clueless. And like a few of the episodes, like Through a Lens Darkly, made me appreciate Helen in the source when we were watching. You know, Helen, Daria, and Quinn's mother. 
because she's not exactly clueless. She's like, she's trying and she's intelligent. She just doesn't relate on a personal level to her children. <laughs> Does that seem like an accurate description? She's like exasperated by them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like neither of them make choices in any way like she does. <laughs> and so she really like has to resort to bribery to try to like get anything done in terms of like what she thinks is good for them. And that's her whole character too. It's like she's a high powered businesswoman, doesn't have enough time for her kids. She loves them, but the only way she knows how to relate to them is through like money. Money, literally. <laughs> And yet that's all very, like, lighthearted. And it's the, yeah, it's the funny thing about this show is it's, like, it it almost gets to moments of realization and then every character goes back to where they started. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's, like, willful ignorance, right? Yeah. Of, like, willful just, like, shoving things under the rug and be like, let's just go on with life as it is. Like, let's not, like, right. examine this any Yeah, further. good enough. They acknowledge <laughs> a lot of things verbally and then they're like, but we'll keep behaving the same way we always have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And this one's cool because it does give a lot of insight into Helen as a character. Yeah, I think it's really good for Helen. The basic premise is that Aunt Amy comes to visit, which she, like, hasn't done at all in the series when this was written. She had apparently two appearances before this fanfic was written in the series, out of three appearances in the series total. And none of those involved, like, coming to the Mergendorfer's house or anything. But Morgendorfer. What's their last name? It's Morgendorfer. Morgendorfer? You said Morgendorfer. <laughs> she also doesn't go to the Morgendorfer's house. My statement was accurate. <laughs> That's a really good point. I'll stand behind it. Um, and what what's the impetus, Tori, you reread this. Why does she come visit again? Okay. That you know, I honestly don't remember. There's this whole thing at the start where she is she has a new boyfriend, right? Right. But she's very hesitant to tell any of her siblings. And I'm not completely but clear then, why yeah, that, that is. I feel like oh. That was the thing that was like the most out of character, which is like Yeah. Because it's like we we like Amato, you were saying you thought it was like maybe like a, like there was a shot somewhere, some scene where like there had been like a boyfriend in the background and like the author had cap like he had gone had gone with that. But like that's what I had assumed. But looking but it's just online, like that doesn't created? seem to be the case. It looks like the guy was created. Yeah. And like I don't really see for what purpose because also like I mean we like you said there's Aunt Amy has only had so many appearances and so we don't really know very much of her character. But like it seemed out of character for her to be insecure about a relationship or just insecure in general when she seems like such a like a strong, like yeah. self-assured woman who very much in the in the series seems like she doesn't like want or need a partner. Right. And so it's like maybe she's like ashamed that she has a partner or something. It would I remember you commenting when you first read this, it would make more sense if she was like not straight or something. Yes, that's why I was like so confused that it's just like this like random guy that's like like I I really like yeah, would have thought that she would have had like, you know, a more non traditional yeah. partner mm-hmm. and for that reason be nervous about talking about her family to her family about it. But like Yeah, they even like specifically make a point of Jake saying maybe she's gay and Helen's like, right. Oh, that would be great. It's fine if she's right. gay. And then, like, Amy's like, I'm not gay. And then they're just like, okay, that's fine, too. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, but no, so, she's but, just dating a dude with a beard. So it's just, like, not yeah. clear why she's, like, so hesitant to, like, talk about it. Disclose her personal life. I guess she she's fearful of her family. Like, there's a lot of stuff about their family background in this. 
So I, I was looking through the beginning trying to figure out why this visitation occurred. All I'm getting is it opens on Helen and Jake talking for like a second. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, something about a three-car garage. Uh, <laughs> they're talking about well, how much they hate Rita, which is the older sister. Or Helen is, rather. Um, and then Amy, it cuts to a scene with Amy pretending to be sick because she thinks Rita, the older sister, is on the phone. But it turns out to be Helen. Amy's like, oh, let me talk to her. And Helen's like, come over. Yeah, have, and, you, have you ever even seen our house? Yeah, like, you've never seen our house come to Lawndale. Yeah. It, but there's, it, I don't, I'm not getting the context for why any of that happens other than it surrounds somewhat both of their dislike of their older sister. I guess. Yeah, but like, why is Helen pushing this? Helen doesn't no, seem to be doesn't super fond of Amy either. Well, she decides to... Okay, I guess the dynamic here is that Helen is making jabs at Amy for not prioritizing family. And like, oh, you've never even visited us. And Amy calls her bluff on it and is like, oh, I'll come down this weekend then. And mm. Helen's taken aback by Amy actually doing that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the dynamic. Mm, I see. And so it's more like an exchange of jabs there. And I, there's certainly a dynamic in their relationship that, like, they feel judged by each other a lot. And I guess I that's see. the only thing oh. that... I guess that's the main thing where Amy mm-hmm. doesn't want to, like, bring up her partner because then presumably Helen's going to be, like, judging whether he's good oh. enough for her or, like, taking apart how sense. high-earning he is or whatever. I don't know. Amato, you are so right, and I've just gotten the context for this whole opening scene. It's that they're literally, like, they're playing poker with each other. They're, like, raising the stakes, <laughs> seeing if the other one's going to call the bet. Uh-huh. Until finally Amy's like, yes, I will come and see your house, and I will come and see my nieces. Because Helen's like, I love your, think your nieces would love to see you, and uh-huh. she knows Amy and Daria are close. So she's basically just calling a bet, and she doesn't want to do it. She just can't be one-upped. So it's, yeah, I didn't really catch that before, but it's kind of subtle. Now, in describing what happens in the fanfic, we don't need to go to a whole blow-by-blow. She gets to, Amy, she being Aunt Amy, Aunt Amy gets to hang out with Daria and, you know, the rest of the family, and, like, Quinn also. And, you know, there's no conflict there because, you know, she's a, she's an Authority figure, not authority figure. She's an adult figure who completely approves of Daria, which is a scarce resource in Daria's life. And so, like, Daria's clearly just, like, totally in love with her. Like, she's the cool aunt, right? Mm-hmm. She has to be the cool aunt. And she's kind of trying not to play favorites with her and Quinn. And so when they kind of go out for an outing together, it's, like, her, Quinn, and, um, and Daria. And some... Some... Friends of Quinn's come by and are like, oh, who's this person? And Quinn keeps up the charade of Daria being her cousin. Mm-hmm. And so she says, oh, this is my cousin's mom. Well, kind of. The the people that mm-hmm. see her in fur, the fashion club members are like, oh, is it that girl's mom? Right. And Quinn doesn't really know what to say. But oh, then okay. Daria, cut, Daria it was Amy who cuts in and like is like, okay, because they're kind of both covering for Quinn for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then it gets really weird. Well, the main conflict in, like, the latter part of this fanfic is that that gets back to Helen. And Helen's already kind of jealous over the fact that, you know, Daria, who Helen Mm -hmm. cannot relate to and does not have a close relationship to, is all over her sister, Mm -hmm. who, you know, she also kind of has a strained relationship with. And even Quinn, you know, takes to Amy well enough. And so 
And so there's a lot of jealousy there. And it comes back to Helen that, like, at a point, Amy was claiming to be Daria's mom. Yeah. And that's, like, a real blow to her kind of self-esteem as a mother. Um, what is her name? Sandy in the fashion club. It's her mother. Oh, like, passes it back along. Passes Sandy it. Sandy talks about in it. In front of the kids, they are talking about it. And it just comes out because this is, real, yeah, information relayed from the kid to her mother. And it comes out. And Helen takes it at first as Daria doesn't want me to be her mother. She mm. doesn't understand at all that Quinn The context. Has, yeah, that Quinn has literally never acknowledged that Daria is her sister <laughs> at all. So she doesn't get it and she gets very upset with Amy as a result, which seems a little irrational because, like, you know, it's like Amy's trying to steal her child. But I also understand the protectiveness. Mm-hmm. And so the climax is kind of a shouting match between Amy and Helen. And then they sort of, Helen admits that it's not Amy's fault that her yeah. relationship with Daria is strained. And they kind though, of almost make up. But then I think they end up leaving on bad terms, though, don't they? Well, Still? we kind of glossed over the part where they actually were starting to get along. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they kind of were. And, like, Amy was pushing, you know, they were going to, like, spend some time together. But Helen's job gets in the way, of course, as it would. Yeah. Um, for dramatic purposes. Well, and so, yeah. But no. then they, they they go out and they have that dinner. Right. And they eat the flan, and then they throw the flan at the horrible misogynistic oh, yeah. character who's somehow a joke, That's even right. though he's like just a, special, a like, terrible person. Just the two of them, right? Like a special like sister's night out kind of thing. Yeah, I had forgotten about that, actually. They went to a poetry night. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the high schools were performing including the redhead who's really misogynistic and terrible. And, like, I don't understand how that can even be a character in... What is his name? I forget. Uh, The worst guy? I forget. Not worth remembering. Just, you know, remember the horrible guy who's just really misogynistic? Just the worst. He's just up on stage saying misogynistic things. And Helen throws her um, flan, which apparently... They ordered flan and they both hate it, apparently throws her flan into his face, and it's a huge moment. And this is also when Amy has lent her a leather jacket to go out, because she's like, I don't have going out clothes, you know, I don't I do not do this, I'm a businesswoman, I don't go out. And so they actually have a really strong bonding moment about them being sisters, and it's really cool, mm-hmm. but it's all knocked down when Helen's jealousy over Amy's relationship with her daughter comes to the front. Mm-hmm. I feel like the main thing in this fanfic to talk about is their relationship. But is there anything else that we want? Is there anything else that we want to say about that? I find it pretty engaging. It, it, there's so much energy there and anger that keeps getting redirected in various ways. Mm-hmm. Like even at the end, after their explosion towards each other, Helen's anger is redirected towards her kids. Like her speech is, "All right, so it's not your fault, Daria, and I don't have a better relationship. But you know what? It's not my fault either." And damn it, I am sick and tired of her hiding behind her sourpuss facade and her I'm a teenager excuse to avoid showing me any respect or or affection. And, you know, she gets to go shout at Quinn and, like, you will tell everybody that Daria is your sister. And, like, she's... I guess she doesn't actually express that anger towards Daria in the end of this fanfic, but I wonder if that's another plot thread that would be carried onward. Mm. I don't know. Well, it, but, seems, it seems real anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty interesting reading it. It definitely, like, flowed and, like hear the character voices really clearly right yeah, yeah. we can look forward to being parents of a teenager <laughs> so or two yeah yeah good luck but you're not <laughs> like these parents thank god 
I, right. I like to think I'm more useful than Jake. <laughs> oh my God. He's just making chili in this entire thing. He like makes chili and it's bad. And that's all that he does. I mean, he doesn't even forget about it even and it burns. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, oh man. I, the worst thing you can do with cooking, you let it burn. And that's I, his whole role as a character. Which I, is, I gotta say one thing I appreciate about the show is like men don't play a very big role. <laughs> Kind of like, yeah. they do silly things, bye. <laughs> I fell in love yeah. with Jake as a character, Tori, in that episode where, who is it, Jane has to come, like, crash with with their family for oh, a few because, nights. Because yeah, because too much because of her, all of her family relatives come is back. there. And, like, throughout the whole episode, Jake is basically reading the newspaper comics and making impassioned comments about the, com- <laughs> about the comics. Mm. About the extremely banal American newspaper comics, and oh I, I like gosh. understood all the references, and yes. I just loved it so much. <laughs> He's got his moments, I gotta say. His moments as entertainment, not yes. his moments as a parent nice. or spouse. No, nice. no, because he's very oblivious. He's there as a prop, basically. Does he have a job? I don't. Yes, he has a job. What's his job? I, you know, I remember an episode where he wants to look for a new job in order to be more adventurous, but I can't remember what his original <laughs> job like a random was. business person, I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I did want to say about the end of this, though, that I, I feel like the main story was apparently about Amy disclosing that she does have a boyfriend. That, is and that what the author says the main story is about? Because That seems like it was what it was supposed to be, because that's what it started with her nervousness, and it ended with her actually in anger, being like, I do have a boyfriend. We've been dating for two years. But I don't understand our investment in her disclosure. There's extensive author notes at the back, and that is the first question the author addresses. But I don't think it's it's portrayed to be the most important thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it it is Uh, really supposed to be about that family relationship. Yeah, especially the sisters. Oh, certainly, yeah. yeah. But the, the, like, it seems like the thread moves through Amy's decision. Like, if we're looking at literal, like... What are the changes? Because who else? What other character changes are there in this theoretically Helen changes? Mm -hmm. Helen changes. She she softens up a bit. She softens up a bit towards Amy. Right. She yeah. She expresses some anger towards her children over their relationship strain. That's an expression, not a change. Mm, Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know what I mean. I I know what you mean, but like, it's as much change as we get in this kind of thing. I suppose. I, I guess you're right. No, I mean, I'm just curious. Now, despite moving through them really quickly, because, like I said, we read them a while ago, um, it's not that I'm trying to, like, trying to glaze over things. That said, I think that's everything I specifically wanted to talk about for these two episodes of the Driven Wild universe that we read. Is there anything else that we want to bring up specifically? There was one moment in this that stuck with me, and that was when, I mean, I guess because Daria and Quinn's relationship is kind of important, more important to me than the the adults in this, because they don't, the adults don't really have as much character development in Daria. They're kind of one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing with Amy, and actually, like, to speak of Amy, the author did a good job creating a character that really wasn't developed at all in the series. Like, she had some, like, trappings here and there, but not a lot of dialogue. They did a job. There was this point where um, Daria is, like, calling shotgun in the car, but Quinn takes it ahead of her. Mm -hmm. And 
um, Amy has this reflection, and this stuck with me just that Amy's reflection where she's like, I know that this isn't fair to Daria because like she called it first, but if I don't let Quinn have this, Quinn will think I'm being biased against her because I'm always favoring Daria. Yeah. And it was such an interesting like parental moment, kind of like when you're dealing with kids and their very specific feelings. There's these these judgments of like Daria. I'm sorry, but, like, I need to build a relationship with this kid more than I need to build a relationship with you in this moment. And it's hard to tell if that's right or wrong, right? It's not fair to Daria, but she makes a choice based on the fact that she thinks Daria will understand it and that she is kind of, like, desperate to build a relationship with this more estranged child as her aunt. And I felt like that of all the moments in either of these stories was the most kind of confusing and pure it felt like, wow, yeah, that is a really tough call mm-hmm. when you're dealing with these emotional teenagers and when you're you're just a human who wants to have a relationship with them. So I thought that was well-written, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what do either of you think were the biggest issues with this fanfic as far as we have read it? This is not exactly how we phrased it before, but I feel like... N- in trying to be really faithful to writing a episode like a Daria episode, Tori, that's probably where some of the like lack of major character development comes from, right? I feel like often, often fanfic authors are happy to take a character and like freaking run with some change or like mm-hmm. you know character development or like make some mm-hmm. major progress happen, but because it seems like the author was trying to have only about as much character development as would be in an episode of Daria, which, which is, is to not... say very little. Yeah. Like, I, I think that might be kind of one of the weaknesses of emulating the series. Agreed, yeah. It is a strange thing to think of as a weakness, though, the fact that it actually emulated the format of the show so well, and the fact that... Yeah, it's like... <laughs> like it's like you're looking yeah. at... Amato, you're looking at it as, like, a weakness of the fan fiction genre, whereas it's actually, like, in a way, a strength to be able to emulate the the show so closely, right? Yeah, I That's agree with true. That. I guess that's the intent. I I mean, I don't particularly care how much character development there is, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I guess then it's less... I guess the question of how much the author felt shackled by the need to mm. to conform to a Daria script f- episode format and how much that's just, like, what they wanted to do because that's what they were interested in. Right, and then also, like, as a reader, like, what your expectations are, like, are you expecting something, like, totally new and, like, you know, different with the characters or are you expecting more of what you're used to? That's and true, are too, you, like, yeah. happy to have more of what you're used to or were you, you unsatisfied because you wanted to see more? Overall, yeah. as a fanfic reader, it's very rare, I feel like, to see people actually try to hit the same tone and hit the same style as the original Mm. um but maybe that's i I wonder i wonder if maybe that's because i read a lot of fanfic based on visual media like tv shows Mm. and you can't write a text story like ronma one half or write a text story like sailor moon like it's very difficult because the format's completely different and so I guess when you're trying to write it in the same format, like a script of television, a television script for an episode of a TV show, like it's kind of a lot more possible to write pastiche, which mm-hmm. is to say like writing that's specifically trying to emulate the style. 
Yeah, well, I mean, but to say, you know, the, the script writing format here in Daria, like, the visuals are way less important in Daria. There's oh, that's true, a lot, too. A lot of it's recycled, and a lot, no, there's no combat, there's not a lot of, like, the visual components aren't that important. It's People are really, standing there talking to each other. They're standing there talking to each other, exactly. <laughs> right, so if you've got Which, the voices down. And they did. And so, yeah, it's interesting you both kind of brought it up, like, at Serena especially, you kind of hit it on the head, like... Yeah, it's not really a weakness if it's emulating it. Mm-hmm. I It's all about your expectation. And to me, it would have been cool for me to see more from these characters. But in terms of doing what Daria does, they hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. And I think we all agreed before, a main strength of this fanfic is getting character voices very accurate. Yeah, absolutely. And conversations like you might see. Um Anything else we want to praise about the fanfic on our way out? Yeah, I'd like to, I really would like to offer a little more praise, but I mean, I think it kind of sums it up to say that the characters were like the characters and it read like a Daria episode. Like, I think that's pretty high praise for fanfiction. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just an enjoyable read, I thought. As yeah. Daria fans, would you read more of this if it was not assigned to you as homework for a podcast? I would. Okay, great. Yeah, I yes. think I would. And actually, just to add one more praise, I actually think they did a lot of work in exploring Amy as a character, so I'd like to see them, like, explore other characters, too, mm-hmm. you know? I think they they kind of did, yeah, they did put some work in, in terms of character, actually. And finally, in terms of uh, reading more, or the thought of reading more, I feel like in these long series, I'm often doing the authors a disservice by having us read the first couple episodes or the first Fair. couple stories like or with, whatever. Like with comics on the first like page or two is like compared to the end is like a lot choppier, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah, you read any comic that people have been doing over time and you just see them get better. It's usually the case with fanfic authors too, that like they get better and more comfortable at the kind of writing that they're doing once they're 10 episodes in it's or 10 stories in. Actually true of writers it's like who write series book series it's true of television shows um i think it's probably more apparent in more indie what's indie why am i even saying that word i guess you know fields where like there's not as much vetting and editing like comics can be very easily self-published and fan fiction is just put on the internet mm-hmm. it's more apparent but yeah that that's true like writers write and write and write and they get better and better and better i was rereading bone with our oldest kid and, like we read through all of it. That's great. Bone is really great. And I think of it as just like a perfect work of art, which, you know, it is. But I go back and look at the first issue and I'm like, oh, Jeff Smith was not as good at drawing his things no. in this first issue. And then like three by by the time you get like three issues in, I feel like his style has has like solidified. But it's just like that really, really early stuff looks a little different and a little bit less I don't know. That's fully how... formed cartoonists role yeah um we just start drawing and writing self-publishing trying to do as much as we can all of a sudden when you kind of hit your stride usually it means that people have developed an interest in your work and all of a sudden the pressure is on (laughs) to like perfect your work and to put it out and to create 10 times as much content 20 times as much content as you otherwise would and i guess fan fiction writing must be the same like in a certain sense, maybe you don't receive as many monetary rewards, but you receive interest from the public. You receive Daria Fanfic Awards, which ran for yeah, many years. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And so then the pressure's on, right? And then style becomes, you know, the evolved style of the more refined artist, I guess. It sounds stupid to say, but... Mm-hmm. Well, if either of you 
finish reading this whole thing, let's check back in. Special segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be curious to see, like, where it goes and what comments you'd have. Yeah. But at least you and I, Tori, have other fanfics to be reading. The fanfics it's never true. end. And we will hopefully be going back to uh, The Jewel of Brandy Hall next week. Back to Lord of the Rings. Back to CJ. Back to... Uh, Reality. What's her name? What? Um, oh, Fernwithy. Fernwithy, yes. Our first author repeat. And... You can find that link again at bit.ly slash rfrjewel. Yes, the jewel of Brandy Hall. RFR Jewel is the link. Uh, Serena, thanks for coming on with us again and thank talking you about for Daria. Having me. Yeah, thank you, Serena. One of the advantages of bringing on guests is just having someone enthusiastic about things that we ourselves wouldn't have chosen normally. Totally. And apparently, you got Tori to watch all of Daria. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd never watched any of Dario before, so (laughs) thank you. And I don't quite remember. Dom couldn't make it. Dom's still abroad for this episode. But Dom watched a bunch of Daria, too, when we started reading this. Mm. Yeah, we both really got into it. So thanks for bringing it into our lives, Serena, (laughs) and to bringing it to this podcast. We're appreciative. (laughs) (laughs) This was episode 35 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the first two episodes of the Driven Wild Universe by Kara, 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 K-A-R-A. Kara Wild? Kara. Kara. Mm-hmm. By Someone Wild. You can find that on the internet at bit.ly slash rfrwild. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. Have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode? Please contact us on Twitter at retrofanfic or send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Leaving comments or reviews on whatever service you use, in particular Apple Podcasts, apparently is important, would also be great. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. And I'm Serena. We're just three Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Barksdale sister. Could okay. be. Barksdale is their um, last name. Apparently. No yeah, way. that's what Helen's maiden name. Barksdale. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Oh, wait. That's Why am I No, not... it's Amy Rita Helen, so I have no idea who uh, that is, who Aaron oh, is. Oh, sorry. Ugh. And then there's an... So she attends a wedding. Um, she Daria calls her in through lens darkly. Mm-hmm. And then... Daria calls her to mediate between a conflict between Helen and the other sister Rita and bringing her in Rita, just, and yeah. bring her in just adds more fuel to the fire. Then who's Erin? Is Erin the daughter of like Rita or something? Erin Chambers, Rita's daughter, yeah. Rita's daughter, okay. <laughs> All of these Daria wiki entries have like appearances in characterization and then that Number character in fanfiction. One.